Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show we talk about the importance of discipline and character for players. Top footballers can become rich and famous at a young age and have a lot of pressure to cope with. And we often hear stories of players getting involved in controversies and some fail to fulfill their potential because of losing focus in their career. We speak to former Nigeria youth coach Emmanuel Amunike. So the players, they have to behave in a professional way. They have to behave in a mature way. And Chelsea midfielder John Mikel Obi tells us how he's matured by becoming a father. And yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life uh, growing up, um, but um, sometimes you don't make mistakes twice. So, uh... so should players have high levels of discipline and have good character, or are they just human like the rest of us? That's coming up shortly, but first to the FIFA Club World Cup. The tournament is underway in Japan. This is an annual competition where the champions of each continent take part. African champions Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa enter at the quarter-final stage, playing on Sunday. Well, an African club has never managed to win the competition, but TP Mazembe of DR Congo were runners-up in 2010, losing to Inter Milan 3-0 in the final. And Raja Casablanca of Morocco were also runners-up, that was in 2013, losing 2-0 to Bayern Munich. Now, last year was disappointing for Africa as TP Mazembe lost both games and finished sixth. Well, if Sundowns win their quarter-final, they'll play Atletico Nacional of Colombia in the semi-finals. Atletico Nacional were set to play Brazilian side Chapocoense in the final of the Copa Sudamerica, but that game never took place following the crash of the plane that Chapocoense were travelling on last month. So, Solomon, uh, what are your hopes for Mamelodi Sundowns? Steve, I do definitely do have high hopes for Sundowns from South Africa. Sundowns is a team for me that has showed that when it comes to the big stage, they are ready to go out there and compete. The kind of brand of football that they play and the kind of players that they have, there is a bit of experience there. And I feel for me the target that a team like Miami Lodi Sundowns should set themselves is to get into the semi-final. But once you get into the last four, definitely you have a chance into, uh, into the final. So that is uh, something that I feel Miami Lodi Sundowns is going to be keen in doing. So the semi-finals, a realistic target for Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, they'll be playing Kashima Antlers of host nation Japan in Sunday's quarterfinals at the FIFA Club World Cup. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's now focus on one crucial issue for footballers, that of discipline and character. Now, top footballers can become rich and famous at a young age, and they have a lot of pressure to cope with. We often hear stories of players getting involved in controversies and some players fail to fulfil their potential because of losing focus in their career. We spoke to Nigeria great Emmanuel Amunike, who was the national under-20 team coach until a few weeks ago and famously scored the winning goal for Nigeria at the 1996 Olympics in the men's football final, uh, that the first Olympic football gold for Africa. 
Amunike also won the Under-17 World Cup with Nigeria as a coach back in 2015. Well, the Nigeria national teams have had a lot of issues with indiscipline, with allegations of some players who joined top teams in Europe coming back to the national team with a bad attitude, and suggestions that these Super Eagles have often underperformed because some top players don't give their best on national duty. Well, Amunike told us about his approach to bringing discipline to a team. We just come, it's party, we speak, we just laugh. In the training, it's like disorganized. Everybody do, do what he wants. Then we always get it uh, wrongly because uh, the game himself does not even respect what you are doing. Uh, the, you have a game today. It's not even telling you how much you, you own, what kind of car you drive, where you have been in the past three days. What the game is demanding. Can you meet up the challenge the game is coming up with? Can you meet up the challenge the opponent is going to present to you? So I think if our players should know all this, then in terms of discipline aspect, they will be disciplined. You don't need to tell a player as a coach, don't go out. Uh, you have to sleep at the right time. You have to do... No, you don't need to. A player automatically, because his ideology is a level of professionalism. So he knows that we are here for five days is to win our match. Anything less than that is irrelevant. So the players, they have to behave in a professional way. They have to behave in a mature way. Players are human beings, and uh, whether we like it or not, okay, they are footballers, the way we call them here, but they are human beings, and they also need to be respected, they also need to be treated. So when we bring all these things together, then it helps the players. Their way of approach looks more mature, looks more organized, looks more responsible. I think these are the, the things we are trying to do. It might be difficult because most of them came from different backgrounds. Most of them came from the street to survive. But of course, I believe that no human being is short of knowledge. When you start to teach them, when you start to apply, initially it will be difficult. Uh, the level of assimilation with African players and European players are totally different because the European players from the age of six, they have started teaching them. Or even from the age of three, they have started teaching about the African players. Maybe mistakenly, you are playing on your own. Nobody is telling you you are good or you are bad. This is what you have to do good. This is what you have to do right there. When you bring them now, start teaching them those things, you, they, you started seeing what we call internal conflict within themselves. Because he's used to, when he gets the ball, he dribbles everybody. Now you are telling him, no, when you get the ball, try to play with your teammates. So all those things, but... With time and as time goes on, with continuous uh, demanding, with continuous explanation, the players begin uh, begins to understand and reason in a different way. That's Nigeria great Emmanuel Amanike, who scored the winning goal at the 1996 Olympics for Nigeria and went on to coach the Nigeria under-17 and under-20 national teams. A lot of issues there on attitude and character of players, Solomon. Uh, firstly, he says the game of football won't respect you or do you any favours just because of who you are. You have to be disciplined to get results. Steve, the game of football doesn't really respect how talented you are, how gifted you are. Uh, you know, having the talent or a gift is one thing, 
And another thing is having a great attitude and character because uh, you have to be disciplined to get results. Uh, you know, when you bring a team together, just like uh, Coach Emmanuel Lamunike is saying, uh, being a coach, you get a team of players from different backgrounds and also they have different uh, experiences, different values. But then how do you function as a unit, as a team, for you to be able to get a result? And that is one area that Nigerian uh, football players, quite a lot of them, do struggle with. Yes, you came from a disadvantaged background where maybe uh, there was no one to teach you the real values when it comes to discipline and, and character and integrity, uh, you know, and honesty. But now that you are, you're growing up, you have to open yourself up and say, look, I want to learn. Coach Amenike says, look, the game wouldn't respect you if you uh, can't face a challenge. So football, playing football and growing and playing football at the top is a challenge. Are you ready to face a challenge? Uh, because once you're ready to face a challenge, then you, as a young player, you're open to, to learn. You're open to listen to your coach, uh, especially a coach like Amunike, who has played for top teams like Barcelona, and he has been a success. Attitude is very important. Your attitude to training, your attitude to be a team player, your attitude to keep to time, your attitude to make sure that you treat people in a honest way that is very very important you know and not just to succeed as, as a footballer uh you know on the field but also to succeed uh, as a as a citizen to succeed in society as a brother as a husband as a father to 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 other children that is the way to go and and i feel that young players need to learn that Okay, so it applies beyond uh, just football, you think, then. Uh, We all need good character and discipline in life. Uh, So with the football there, Solomon, do you feel that Nigeria have underachieved at the World Cup and the Nations Cup because of shortcomings in discipline and character? I feel Nigeria has uh, underachieved at the World Cup and Nations Cup uh, because of of discipline and, and character. There is almost no tournament that Nigeria goes to without really having some sort of uh, uh, issues, uh, sometimes with a group of players or certain individuals, from their lifestyle choices to not agreeing to adapt to certain values that is being implemented by the coach. Yes, Nigerian players have discipline and character in certain ways, uh, but there are certain areas that that we're definitely lacking. Sometimes I feel we get selfish. Uh, Sometimes I feel we don't keep to instructions because we're not happy about... Uh, certain uh, events within the, the, the team. So we have to really get rid of that and put the, the, the team first and persevere. And I know there are challenges sometimes from the football administration, uh, but uh, still, I feel we could do better as a team. So we, we need to really learn. Uh, that way we're going to improve our, our chances of uh, doing well at the World Cup and also the Nations Cup. OK, well, thanks, Solomon. And our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us now from the UK. Uh, Stuart, we hear a lot of stories in Europe about footballers getting into trouble and controversies. Just to give one recent example, uh, last month, the England captain Wayne Rooney got very drunk at a wedding taking place at the team's hotel and was still out at 5am. Uh, this was on a day off that the team was given after a World Cup qualifier and before a friendly match against Spain. Now, is it fair to say that footballers are badly behaved and they have attitude problems, or are they just the same as all of us? Well, I mean, frankly, which of us has not, on at least one occasion, had too much to drink or stayed up later than we intended to? Uh, I think footballers are only human. And, you know, I was thinking about this one. Not many years ago, someone meeting Wayne Rooney 
at a hotel, would have been quite excited by this, might have asked him for his autograph, might even have asked for a photograph with him, and been thrilled by the encounter. But these days, people are much more likely to want to take a photograph and instantly put it on Twitter or elsewhere on social media. I mean, I remember a conversation with uh, Craig Bellamy, you know, who the Welsh international who played for Newcastle, Liverpool and all sorts of other clubs. And he told me that he really regretted that he could no longer interact with fans the way he could earlier in his career. Because the words he used to me were, I don't have conversations now because every conversation is an interview. You know, you say something to someone and two minutes later it's on social media. And I think one has to have some sympathy with players who do live in this goldfish bowl. You know, if you or I, Steve, had too much to drink at a party, nobody would know about it. Of Wayne Rooney does it. People take photographs of him and uh, it's all over social media. And, uh, you know, the fact that he had too much to drink on this particular occasion means that he won't be able to do his job a week or a month later. Well, I don't think anyone judges you and me like that. So I, I think we have to have a little bit of common sense and be reasonable. You know, I think probably Wayne Rooney would have been better not to have been drinking at 5am, but I don't think it's a hanging offence. And, I mean, if we talk about something actually that happened on the football field, Steve, you know, last Saturday, Chelsea were beating Manchester City and late in the game, Aguero put in an awful tackle on David Luiz. Now, the referee was on top of it and was about to show a red card to Aguero. But... It turned into a major brawl. I mean, we had Nathaniel Shalaba having to be restrained and pulled away from the incident. Kelechi Ihanacho of Manchester City, uh, the Nigerian player, was very lucky not to get a red card for his involvement. And then Fabregas seemed to raise his hands to Fernandinho, who grabbed him round the throat. And again, both of them could have gone. In fact, it was only Fernandinho who got the red card. So easily there could have been five red cards at the end of that game. And you'd think, really, in that situation, I have much less sympathy with the players because they should all simply have walked away and left it to the referee to deal with. And complete lack of discipline. Manchester City will now lose two of their best players for at least three games. And there could be retrospective action against some of the others. And the club will have a whopping fine. And, uh, you know, I think that's a situation where that amount of indiscipline, obviously the Manchester City were frustrated at the end of the game that they had lost it. But equally, I don't think that excuses the petulant behaviour, lack of self-discipline on behalf of the players. Okay, that's a good example with the Man City-Chelsea match. But uh, going back to Wayne Rooney, shouldn't he, as England captain, be a role model? I'm never convinced by the role model argument because he's just a human being and he's not allowed any kind of private life. I mean, I think you might say at a time when uh, he's getting older, his legs don't do what they used to. Why is Rooney to be doing that? But on the other hand, you know, I think most athletes will tell you that at some time they need some downtime, they need to get away from the pressure. And, uh, you know, if he had done it in his own home, then no one would have known. Perhaps his mistake was to get caught. And Stuart, you spend time with a lot of sports people, so you have a good deal of understanding. It can't be easy with the pressure that they're under and the way that they can become famous at a young age. So what's it like for them? 
Well, I mean, just two examples of this. I mean, when Ryan Giggs was 16, he was spending his afternoons working in the Manchester United souvenir shop because that was his assignment as a youth player. Six months later, he was playing for the first team. He couldn't go out in Manchester without being mobbed. Or Wayne Rooney, you know, got in the Everton first team when he was 16 and he used to cycle to work. Then his 17th birthday came along, he got his driving licence, and he was driving a $40,000 car. And, you know, what prepares a player to deal with that? You know, to be earning more money than you can imagine at that age, to have girls at times throwing themselves at you. And it's difficult for young people because, you know, they've not had any preparation for that. And uh, so, in a way, I do have sympathy for for the young players. And, and I think perhaps it's a responsibility on clubs to be doing more to um, help them through. And I'm sure some clubs uh, work really hard on that. OK, so Stuart feels that footballers are only human, like all of us, and that they make mistakes, uh, like we all do. But uh, Solomon has emphasised how crucial it is for players to have a high level of discipline. Well, tell us what you think on Facebook and on WhatsApp. Should we expect footballers to have discipline and good character? Or are we wrong to judge them using higher standards than we expect of ourselves? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now, here's an interesting perspective with a player who's maybe grown up a lot now. Nigeria and Chelsea midfielder John Mikel Obi has had his life changed by becoming a father. He spoke to Oluwashina Okaleji. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the kids, life. The kids give you joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, love my, I love my daughters. They're like the most amazing things, the most amazing thing that's happened to me. I mean, they're, uh, they're really sweet, sweet girls. Uh, very funny, very um, too active for their age. Uh, they do things well above their age. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they put smile in my face when I come back from training and I'm down and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, what's going on. And, you know, when I see my kids, my daughters, they, you know, they, they put smile in my face. And that's all I ask for, like... I love my daughters. They the most amazing thing. I mean, I'm so happy to be to be father of those two girls, and um, also my you know my girlfriend. She's been an amazing uh, mom, you know, to the kids. Um, she's uh, she's a really great mom, and um, together as family, I think we uh, we are trying our best. I wouldn't say we're the most perfect family, but yeah, we're trying our best to be parents. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I spoke to you in England. You were just 19 year old. It was a nice restaurant in North London yeah. and you were just a shy boy nowadays we see you more on social media and it's like wow. everyone is saying Mikael is now grown up and matured and family man everything exactly well that's exactly what it is you grow up in life you get older and you start to know what exactly is more important to you in life and those things what those things are important and the things that you have to um, you have to pay attention to and um Life teaches you a lot, and you grow up, uh, you make mistakes, and the older you get, you, you you try not to make same mistakes. And yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life uh, growing up, um, but um, sometimes you don't make mistakes twice. So uh, now I'm much, uh, much older than when I was 10 years ago. So now a lot of experience into whatever I do, into my life, into 
football, my career, I, I, I look at things very differently now. That's John Michel O'B speaking to Oluwashina Okaleji. Interesting, Stuart. Indeed. Um, I mean, I remember Alex Ferguson used to say that he was always keen for his players to get married and settle down because he felt that a stable home life would help them to keep life in balance and uh, therefore to perform better on the field of play. And it's great to hear uh, Mikel's very positive comments about what family life has done for him. And uh, what did you make of Mikel's story there, Solomon? I really feel Mikel's story is an amazing story. It's a story that, you know, life throws at you and then you have to make choices. You get to make a lot of mistakes growing up as a young player, as a 19-year-old, 21-year-old. But then uh, life in it would definitely give you uh, opportunities and choices uh, to make later on. Would you embrace that? You know, as a young person, would you embrace those opportunities to change uh, your life? So his story is really amazing. He has really shown uh, that he has grown up. Those are the way he's very patriotic, uh, playing for Nigeria and coming when he's needed. You know, he has really uh, evolved and, and changed. And, and he said that you, you don't make the same mistake twice. You know, you try not to make the same mistake twice. And, and that's the story of life. You know, life is not about you not making mistake, but whenever you make the mistake, you realize that, look, hey, that's a mistake that might cost me uh, my relationship. That's a mistake that might cost me my career. That's a mistake that might cost me money uh, or that might cost me relationship with other people. So I need to make sure that that mistake doesn't repeat itself. You know, so for Mikhail, he, you know, it's all about growing up and, and know what is more important. Family, like he mentioned, his two daughters, very important in his life. And you have to get to a place where family is very important. That must be a priority for you as a young player, as a young person. There are a lot of young people across Africa that still their priority is not in the right place. Sometimes it's only about money and you would do anything to get money. But it shouldn't be that way. There are more important things in life. There are other things in life that we could follow. So it's great to see uh, Mikhail just becoming a gentleman, Mikhail becoming someone who is very committed, someone who uh, is living for his family, uh, is living for his nation. So Mikhail is definitely on the right path. Well, that's very interesting. Thanks a lot, Solomon. Uh, John Mikhail OB has certainly matured as a person. So tell us what you think. Should we expect footballers to have high levels of discipline and good character? Recent controversies include Yaya Toure charged with drink driving and Wayne Rooney found drunk at the England team hotel at 5am. But players have the challenge of coping with fame and fortune and as Stuart says, they face more scrutiny than we do in our lives. So do you think the players should have good character or are we wrong to judge them more harshly than we would judge ourselves? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Always great to hear from you. And last week we asked for your thoughts on the Africa Women's Cup of Nations, where Nigeria beat the host Cameroon in the final to win a remarkable eighth title in a match with few clear chances. The indomitable Lionesses hadn't conceded a goal on the road to the final, uh, but fans in the huge crowd went home disappointed. So we asked, what did you think about the tournament? Were Nigeria worthy winners? And how was the standard of play? 
Well, on Facebook, Abli Osise in The Gambia says, I followed the whole tournament and was hugely impressed with the talents showcased by the ladies. Ghana's Elizabeth Addo and Nigeria's Asisat Oshuala really caught my eye. Congrats to the Super Falcons, says Abli. On WhatsApp from Nigeria, Barnabas Ande says it was a fantastic tournament, improved officiating, increased match day crowds and a lot of positives to take home. On the issue of Nigeria, I think experience played a huge part there. Cameroon were relentless in strength, but tactically they were way behind. To be honest, uh, says Barnabas, at one point I gave up on the Super Falcons uh, due to the pressure from the hosts in the final, but Nigeria were worthy winners. Paul Truman in Nigeria too says, yes, it was a good competition. As Nigeria won it, it was thrilling for us, adding another title. And also in Nigeria, Obina says it was a decent competition and no other team stood a chance of lifting the trophy except the Super Falcons of Nigeria. They were and still are the best by a country mile, but other teams are catching up, says Obina. Let's get some reaction now from Cameroon. And Fabrice says, I think Cameroon will be disappointed that they didn't win the trophy. They squandered clear scoring chances. And the only clear-cut chance that Nigeria created, they scored from. So Nigeria deserved to win. And Fabrice continues saying the women's game is really growing in Africa. But I think that the countries and the Confederation of African Football are not doing enough to improve performance. And in other reactions, Ebrima Ambabaro in Italy says it was a great tournament, but I'm also disappointed because I wanted Cameroon to win it. In Sierra Leone, Sil Tucker says, yes, I believe the tournament was a success. Kudos to Cameroon and bravo to Nigeria for a well-fought fight. Women's football in Africa has improved and with priorities set rightly, the game will go to higher heights. Jesse Rando, also in Sierra Leone, says, I think the indomitable Lionesses should have won that match because they played very well and had good possession. Football is like a biscuit, says Jesse. It breaks where you don't expect it to. That's what happened in the final. They were the better side, but better luck next time for Cameroon. Bakari and Gie is in the Gambia. Bakari says, yes, it was a good and fair competition. Congrats to Nigeria and bravo to Cameroon. They are my favourites in Africa. Also in the Gambia, Abdullahi Balde says, yes, I enjoyed it. I think Cameroon deserved it more, but congratulations to Nigeria. By Matas Sanyang in the Gambia says, First of all, I want to congratulate Nigeria for the spirit of fair play. They were worth their victory as they've been doing it for the past years. They were definitely superior to Cameroon, says By Matar. And the standard of football to me wasn't that bad as it was competitive. Sana Jaune in the Gambia says, To me it was a very good competition. The fans turned out in huge numbers to show their support for the hosts. I think Cameroon were unfortunate as they gave it all. I think Nigeria were a bit lucky. In Malawi, Albert Kadzombe says the tournament was great and the host prepared very well on and off the field and the crowds were amazing. I've also seen improvements from some teams. For the final, I'd say the Super Falcons had more experience than Cameroon. Of course, Cameroon dominated, but Nigeria are an experienced team. And finally, Mohamed Krubali from The Gambia speaks on behalf of many when he remembers the victims of the plane crash in Colombia that all but wiped out the Chapecoense football team from Brazil. 
Sympathies to all the victims of that plane crash in Colombia, says Mohammed. My condolences to all of those victims. Well, thanks for that one, Mohammed. Uh, Back to the women's football, Solomon. Nigeria have now won eight of the ten editions of the Africa Women's Cup of Nations. What a great record. And this great record came from years and years of building a women's team uh, locally, women's uh, football club. I remember Rivers, Angels, Jagede, Queens, and also having an amateur league much earlier, uh, you know, about 20 years ago, there, there was an amateur league in Nigeria. The league is still amateur right now, but it's been able to produce uh, quite a lot of players. And so you have a huge reservoir of uh, women players that you could pick out from. And their zeal and their tough mentality also coming from uh, backgrounds that is very disadvantaged. You want to succeed, so you give you everything. And uh, it's such a great record for Nigeria. I don't think in the next uh, uh, 20, 40 years that there's going to be any other team that is going to be able to beat this uh, Nigerian record. Though a lot of African teams are catching up with Nigeria, but at the same time, Nigeria has been able to maintain uh, some consistency. If Nigeria hopes to improve on this record and, and really build it up uh, to make it better, then there needs to be some sort of a, a devotion and commitment from the Nigerian Football Federation. Yes, that's very true, especially as the Nigeria players refused to leave the team hotel in Abuja until they were paid their allowances and bonuses by the Nigeria Football Federation. Well, that's it for the show for this week. We wish Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa all the best in the quarterfinals of the FIFA Club World Cup on Sunday. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Oshoms in Abuja, and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.